Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. Good morning. Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We say a word of greeting this morning to all of you here in the sanctuary, as well as those who are watching on television and streaming our service of worship. We're grateful for your presence as well. Those of you in the sanctuary, we hope that you'll find the attendance pad somewhere on your pew. If you would, please fill out that information, pass that to your neighbor so that he or she may do the same. And if others come in during the service of worship, please give them an opportunity to sign the attendance pad as well. We're thankful for your presence today. It is Communion Sunday. It is the great joy that all of us experience together in going before the holy table. And so we take this time now to focus on the joy of being together in this holy place at this holy time.
together in our call to worship. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Please join in our affirmation of faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God, who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and to serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus, crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life, in death, 
in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Almighty and merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you and one another in both our actions and our inactions. We recognize that in Jesus Christ, our light has come. Yet often we choose to walk in shadows and ignore the light. Gracious God, forgive our sins and remove from us the veil of darkness that shrouds our lives. Illumined by your word and sacrament, may we rise to the radiance of Christ's glory. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. I invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Today we read from the 58th chapter of the prophet Isaiah, beginning with verse 6. Let us hear these holy words. Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them, and not hide yourself from your own kin, then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil. If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets.
to live in. This is the word of God for the people of God. Before you're seated, please take a moment to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. We say a word of greeting again this morning to all of you. We're thankful for your presence today. We say a special word of greeting to those in Stuttgart, those in El Dorado, those in Conway. We also say a word of greeting to those across Little Rock who watch our service of worship, particularly those in hospitals, in nursing homes, in retirement facilities, as well as our homebound. We are thankful for your presence as well. It is good to be in the house of the Lord together. Let us pray. O oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day. And work your will in our lives. Amen. There were two elderly men sitting on a park bench discussing life. One said, I can't imagine why it is that we have so much poverty so much hunger, so much injustice in our world. I want to ask God, why don't you do something about it? The second elderly man said, I'm afraid that he might ask me the same question. If you think about it, there is a lot of suffering in the world. Whose responsibility is it to do something about it? A long time ago, the prophet Isaiah was very irritated with his own people. They would come to worship, sing songs of praise, pray together, and they would fast. And then Isaiah, Isaiah would notice during the course of the week, they would oppress their servants. They would quarrel with each other. And Isaiah had enough. After speaking with God, Isaiah reminds his people that we're going to have a new fast, a new way of worshiping. From now on, this is what you will do to show your love to God. I read it a moment ago. Loose the bonds of injustice. Let the oppressed go free. Share the bread you have with the hungry. Bring the homeless poor into your house. Cover the naked. The responsibility now became an act of worship to make sure that those who were in need were provided for. And then Isaiah says something very interesting. He says, not to hide yourself from your own kin. What that means is, don't act like you don't notice the needs around you. Don't act like you're not aware of the hungry and the poor and those who have gone without. Years ago, Susan and I lived in a wonderful town whose biggest industry was tourism. There were more than 40 bed and breakfasts in this small community. The church was located, as I've told you before, on the square. The square was a very popular place. It had dinner theaters and restaurants and celebrity chefs who would come in and cook for the highfalutin folk 
and there were all kinds of opportunities for tourists to come, and they came regularly. It was the biggest industry in town. One day, a 14-year-old boy came to our service of worship. I'd never seen him before. He sat on the front row with a little boy who was a member of the church. The next day, I was told that this little 14-year-old boy who had visited our congregation had taken his own life. There was nobody to do anything to support the family. The mother was oftentimes gone for days on end. No one was sure who the father even was. I was asked to go down and find the mother and visit with her about some kind of service for this little boy who had taken his life, who had left a note that said, I can't take it anymore. I thought, what 14-year-old has reached a point in life where they can't take it anymore? Somehow, a constable in town found out that I was going to go visit the family. He stopped by my office and he said, you can't go to that part of town by yourself. I'll have to escort you. I said, what are you talking about? What do you mean that part of town? I've got an address here. And he said, you don't know about this part of town? I said, I don't know anything about this part of town. Evidently, what do you mean you have to take me there? He followed me and I understood why. In this town with all the tourism and all the money being spent and all the bed and breakfasts, those kind of folk live down in the river bottoms. The poor, those who were living in abject poverty in old abandoned school buses and worn out trailers that no one should have lived in for the previous 20 or 30 years. People living literally in shacks that barely stood up. No indoor plumbing, no paved roads. A huge drug problem. Right in the middle of town. But see, that's not good for tourism. So you hide it, and you hide it well. And you don't let those kind of folk step out because they don't look right. It's not good for tourists to see people like that in our town. So quite frankly, the city works really hard to keep those kinds of people hidden. Listen to what Isaiah says. Do not hide yourself from your own kin. Don't act like those folk don't exist. They're everywhere in Little Rock, Arkansas as well. In virtually every community, there are hungry people. There are naked people, if you will. There are people with extraordinary needs who go without. And Isaiah says it is literally an act of worship to care for these kinds of people to do something for them. In the third chapter of the Gospel of Luke, John the Baptist has preached a fiery sermon, and people are all worked up, and he tells them they have to repent, and a large group of people come to John the Baptist and say, what do we need to do? We feel convicted. And Isaiah doesn't say, I mean, excuse me, John the Baptist doesn't say, get on your knees and beg God to forgive you. You know what John the Baptist says? Give your coat to someone who needs it and share your food. That's what you have to do. That is the response. Jesus quotes the Old Testament. 
He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You know what that means? Jesus is saying, I'd rather you show compassion to somebody who has a need than worry about making a sacrifice, showing your faith to God. It is literally an act of worship for us, you all. Hear me. To make sure that those who have gone without have what they need that the rest of us take for granted. In the early church in the book of Acts, when Christians got together, they called themselves then followers of the way. When the followers of the way got together, they pooled all their resources. So what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. You know why? Because the early church wanted to make all the use they could of what everybody had. And as a result, the scripture says, and no one went without. Paul speaks to the church of Rome. And Paul quotes from the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs. Paul says to the early church, if somebody is hungry and they're your enemy, feed them. If someone is thirsty and they're your enemy, give them something to drink. Then Paul says, you don't return evil with evil. You return evil with good. Even in the city of Little Rock, there is a lot of great need. We know that. I mean, we know that. But oftentimes, people like me are blind to it. I don't pay attention to it. I don't go to that part of town. I don't deal with those kinds of people. And that's a great tragedy because that's exactly what we are supposed to be doing and who we're supposed to be. It is an act of worship. If we want injustice and poverty and hunger to be eliminated, then we have all the weapons to destroy it at our disposal. It is called compassion and mercy and generosity. And our responsibility is to give it away over and over again. Remember what Jesus said, you all, our soul is at stake. Jesus says one day the Son of Man is going to divide everybody into two groups the righteous and the unrighteous, the sheep and the goats. And here is the distinction between the two. I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. I was sick and you cared for me. And Jesus says, anytime you've done any of that for anybody else, you've done it for me. And if you've done it for someone else and you've done it for me, you're a sheep and you're on the righteous side. But if you have ignored anybody, you're a goat and there is a place for you where you will go that you choose not to go on your own. Now you all, that is in the Bible. It's from the mouth of Jesus. It is an act of worship for us to show concern and not only show concern, but do something about the great needs that are in the world. We ought to go to bed at night having a hard time sleeping, knowing that there's a child somewhere who has had nothing to eat. But we don't. We ought to be terribly concerned, so much so that our stomach 
is in knots over people on a cold winter night who are under a bridge somewhere. And we can blame them because they're just going to spend the money on alcohol or drugs or whatever. Who cares? They're human beings. And it is an act of worship on our part to do something about it. So I want you to hear me. If you hear nothing else in this sermon today, for those on television, online, and those here in the sanctuary, listen to this, please. We have an opportunity to do something extraordinary as a church, and we're going to do it. But I need your help. Several months ago, Ben Chrisman, the senior pastor at St. James United Methodist Church here in the city, and I got together. What can we do to make a difference? We tried to come up with different ideas along the way, and I didn't originate the idea. It came from Ben. Why don't we build a habitat house? How about let's get some of the United Methodist churches in the city of Little Rock together, pool our resources like the early church did, and let's build a habitat house. You know what that means? I mean, somebody who is homeless right now can have a home. So we started working on it. The week after Easter, the plan is to build what we call the Apostles' House, where we do a lot of the labor, but we provide the money. The United Methodist Foundation of Arkansas has already committed a tremendous amount of money. Our responsibility at Pulaski Heights is to come up with $40,000 toward this build. We ought to have that money this afternoon. You can go to Pulaski, no, what's the name of it? phumc.com slash Habitat. You ought to do that before this day is over, you all. Or you can go to our website, click on the Give tab. It'll pop down. It'll say Habitat. Give something to this, you all. We ought to have well over $40,000 by the end of the day to apply to something else, to make a difference. It is an act of worship. Don't you know that most of us take for granted everything that we have? And there are people out there who would beg to have a portion of what it is we have. And we can do something about it. Jesus said, don't turn a blind eye to those folk. If you do, your soul is at stake. So we're aware of it. We can't walk away from it. I am asking you, please, those watching on television, those streaming online, we have a large audience of people all across the state. That money ought to be so high, we don't know what to do with all of it. We'll just build another one, and another one, and another one. We are going to provide a home for someone along with other United Methodist churches. We're pooling our resources so that no one goes without. It is an act of worship. Isaiah said, I'm tired of you people gathering together. You sing hymns. You pray together. You fast, and then you act like an idiot. You hurt each other. You hurt other people. No more. I changed the rules. This is what God wants you to do. This is what your fast looks like now. Now your fast looks like feeding somebody who's hungry, clothing somebody who's naked, taking care of the homeless. That is the act of worship in which we are called to participate. So I would say to anybody... If you come to a worship experience and you don't feel moved in some way to do something with what it is you know God wants you to do, don't come. It's a waste of your time. Turn your television off if you're watching it on TV. Log off your computer 
if you're watching online, if you don't feel convicted in some way to do something with your faith that makes a profound difference in the life of someone else. John the Baptist said, don't get on your knees. You need to repent, but this is how you show your repentance. Give somebody a coat. Feed somebody when you have extra. Make a difference in the life of someone else. We're called to do that. It's on us to make that happen. Please, you all, we can't go without doing something to make a difference. The diaper bank always needs diapers. I've heard people say, I don't get this whole diaper thing. Well, let me tell you, if you have to decide between having enough food to buy eggs for your child or diapers, you're going to let them wear a soiled diaper for two or three days because you're going to make sure they have something to eat. But if you don't have to worry about the cost of diapers and they don't have to go around worried about whether or not their child is unhealthy and what they're wearing because they're walking in waste, you've done something good. The diaper bank has thousands of diapers that they give away every month because there's a need. We have the food pantry. Somebody always is hungry, always. Our food pantry does great work. We can always use more food. We can always use more volunteers. You can tutor at Wakefield Elementary School. They're always looking for tutors to teach a child how to read so that she or he can become more advanced and get themselves out of a situation they may be in presently. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I go over to Wakefield every week along with a lot of great other volunteers in this church and I have two little girls that I help learn, teach learning to read and I'm gonna learn how to speak English. Learn. <laughs> but I'm telling you, these are little girls who desperately wanna learn. They're angelic. I want them to succeed. Do something with your faith. It is an act of worship. You don't just come sing hymns and hear prayers and listen to a sermon and then go about life. You cannot do that. Listen to what Basil the Great said in the fourth century. He was a bishop. He said, the bread you do not use is the bread for the hungry. The garment hanging in your wardrobe is the garment of the person who is naked. The shoes that you do not wear are the shoes of one who is barefoot. The money you keep locked away is the money of the poor. Think about it. Diapers or eggs? Gas or milk? Insurance or rent? It is never on us to try to determine why someone's in the position she or he happens to be in. Well, they brought it on themselves. Boy, they made stupid decisions. Or they're an addict. Or whatever it may be. That is not our job. Our job is to say someone is hungry. They're Jesus in disguise. Someone is naked. I got a bunch of extra coats. Someone is thirsty. I got plenty of water. Whatever it may be, 
It is an act of worship. I want to read a passage of Scripture very quickly. Just like the good old Baptists, we're flipping through our Bible like we ought to during the worship service. I'm going to read from the prophet Amos. Amos also put out with people who love to sing and pray, didn't do anything with it. And Amos talks to God, and God through Amos says this to the people. I hate, I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. That means your worship. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, this is God speaking, I will not accept them, and the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps, but let justice roll down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. You all, we don't have any choice. There is a need. We are the church. They're married to each other. So please contribute to the Habitat House. Please contribute to the ministries that we are about and more that are going to be created to make sure others have a need. Please volunteer. Please do something. Our collective soul as the Church of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, this congregation, our collective soul is literally at stake. We're going to do our part. Let's make sure we got all that money. I'll make you a deal. We'll chime the bells big time. As soon as we get $40,000, and then we keep going, we'll chime the bells till everybody in Little Rock is tired of hearing us chime the bells. We'll chime them and chime them and chime them. We need to do that. It is a sign of victory over poverty, injustice, oppression, abuse, hunger. We are going to win this battle, but we got to do our part, and we don't have any choice. It's who we are. It's what we're all about. Hallelujah. Amen. Each week when we gather together for worship, we lift up those within our own family of faith who have experienced uh, intense joy or intense grief over the last week so that we can be with them in the midst of their joys and triumphs of life to celebrate with them and to pray with them. So this morning we pray for those experiencing grief and loss and we extend our Christian sympathy to Dr. Jim Campbell and family in the death of his wife, Lida Campbell and to Janet Jones and Susan Reynolds in the death of their sister and aunt, Julianne Honey. We pray for all who are ill or recently hospitalized, including Donnie Duke, Gloria Cleveland, Fred Springstead, and Thomas Q. Robbins. Would you join me in prayer? Holy One, each day, each moment, you are with us in the midst of life. And in this moment, we pause, O oh God, to surrender all of it to you, to lift up those within our own family and our own communities who we might hold in our hearts this day. Help us to celebrate with those who celebrate, to grieve with those who grieve, to laugh with those who laugh. You, O oh God, are in the midst of it all. So this morning, we ask that you hear our prayers. Enfold us in your arms 
and surround us with your love. Be with all who are in need, for you are our comforter, our savior, and our friend. It is in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Because you all give, we are able to provide incredible ministries of worship that help to inspire and leave our hearts burning to do more, to, in, to, in, uh, to participate in these acts of worship that transform lives, communities, and the world. And because you give, we are also able to provide incredible opportunities for service, both within our congregation and out in the community. So this morning, as our ushers come forward to receive our joys and our offerings, again, you are encouraged to give generously out of a sense of gratitude for all that God is doing in your life. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that you would take these offerings that we so humbly give this morning. May we give with generous hearts, overflowing out of lives that have been filled with your goodness. Take these gifts, O oh God, and may they be used for the glory and the furthering of your kingdom, both in this place and throughout the world. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
invest in this holy time with us. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. be seated. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry and ate with sinners by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and your Holy Spirit. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took ordinary bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of grain and grape. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. 
And now with the confidence as children of God, let us say the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This table is open to everyone. It's not a United Methodist table. It's not a Dr. Robbins table. This is the Lord's table, and it's open to all. Uh, we have uh, four stations up here. The two in the middle will be regular bread and the cup. And the two on the extreme sides will be gluten-free wafers and, and a cup there. We take communion by intinction, which means that you receive the, the bread as a, an element of grace. You receive grace. You don't take grace, but you receive it. So come forward with your hands outstretched. You receive that, and then you'll take the bread or the wafer and dip it in the cup. You'll come at the direction of the ushers. Again, all are welcome.
Thank you again for worshiping with us today at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We invite you to visit our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.